And we're back, Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. All right, so we had a post-game show um, where some people were very disappointed with what they saw, former players in the uh, Aggie offense, and I, I get it, I get it. Let's get an offensive man's perspective on it. Jamie McCoy joining us on the program, as he always does, with our former player interview, and that is brought to you by Factory Builder Stores, who's got great brands like Sub-Zero, Wolf & Cove, brand new showroom in College Station, Showroom in Houston, Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio, your favorite hometown appliance store. Mr. McCoy, what's going on? Not too much. How you doing today? I'm all right, Jamie. I'm, I'm okay. So you know, it's weird because I was very disappointed, obviously, the way they lost, the last play, um, being so close to it. Yet I walked away thinking, all right, we may be able to figure things out completely different than when they lost to Mississippi State. How did you feel coming away from that one? Uh, I hate to use the the term moral victory, but I, I felt good about what I saw. Um, all year long, I've been complaining and griping about us throwing the ball downfield, and we actually did that. And you got to see some of our athletes go up and make some good big-time plays, and I knew we were capable of it, so I was happy and uh, pleased to see us doing that and hoping – well, I'm hopeful that we can build off of that in the future. Yes, sir. We are talking to Jamie McCoy here on Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right, so offensively, they struggled even with all those turnovers. But I feel, and I am really in the minority if you listen to social media, I feel like there was <laughs> progress. Did you see progress? I saw progress. I mean, I saw the, the O-line doing a good job blocking. I mean, you're going against one of the top three defenses in all of college football. And they got just as many good athletes as we have. So for the O-line to do what they were able to do, um, A-Chain made some really good runs. Um, that last play of the game, I might have liked to see the ball go in his hands or maybe even the threat of it going in into his hands with the, you know, play fake or something of that sort. But uh, I was pleased. And like I said, with the downfield passing, Don, uh, tight end, stepping up, making plays, receive, Moose Muhammad. Um, seemed like everybody uh, put a hand in and tried to do the best they could. And to have number one on the ropes in the last two, three seconds of the game from the two-yard line, I mean, I get being upset, but what are we really all that upset about? We almost just pulled off what some would call the impossible. Yeah, so let, let's go through Donovan Green's touchdown, which – you know, I I know they've run that play before. I guess it was against South Carolina a couple of years ago with Jalen Watermeyer. But just take me through that play because I found it to be very creative, even though they've used it before. The way it all came down and how Haynes knew to throw across his body and whatnot. Just take me through that play. Um, that play is kind of uh, tight end just getting lost in the shuffle. Once uh, you might have a linebacker or a safety that's responsible for the tight end on that play side where Haynes rolled out. Um. But once you see a guy start blocking, you think to yourself as a defensive player, hey, I could be used somewhere else. Uh, let me help out another guy who might be beating coverage. So he just got lost. And once you do that, you kind of play it for a second. Some guys even have a tight end fall down on the ground and act like he slipped or something. But you get up and the whole everyone else on that backside is coming over this way. So you just get lost. So he ended up over there wide open on an island by himself and that's kind of one of the worst positions to be in. Uh, Devontae Adams had a catch like that last night where it's just you. You see the ball coming, and it's like, 
oh, don't let me drop this. So, it, I mean, it worked out. And like you said, they, they ran it a couple of years ago, but it's a copycat league. You always going to come back and uh, go to those old plays that you drew up that worked and gave you some success. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, uh, I, how difficult of a throw is that in that situation with somebody coming at you, crossing your body? Because um, I know you, you've got some experience throwing the ball. Oh, yeah, it's difficult, um, especially with the bullets that were flying out there at these guys. You know, that guy, 31, I forget his name, Will, uh, is it Anderson? I'm not positive. But they got some big boys over there, and they were uh, they had their ears pinned back, and you know Saban was definitely on them all week about trying to drive us and bury us and whatnot. But like I said, we held up our own. But that's a tough throw, knowing that uh, you got a guy that's over there essentially wide open, and you just got to get it to him. Don't overthrow it. Don't underthrow it, and make it a catchable ball, which he was able to do. Yeah, certainly did do that. Uh, the O line still is struggling. There is a way of saying there's progress, but I mean, quarterbacks are getting beat up back there, man. Yeah, um, that uh, I don't know. You you like to think that experience and getting to see some of these uh, defensive guys that we're going up against in the SEC, you think that there'd be some growth and some progress from game to game. Um, I think Alabama is probably going to be the toughest D-line that we're going to face for the rest of the year. So with that being said, every we I mean, we've seen all the stunts. We've seen all the cross blitzes. We've seen everything. So you'd like to be hopeful that They've seen the worst. They've it's been as bad as it can get, and it should be nothing but upward from here. Just because how much more can be thrown at them that they haven't already seen, and at this point, you're seeing lesser competition than what you've been going to go up against this first half of the season. So I like to see. I like to think that this second half of the year, we finish out well, we finish out strong, we build on our recruiting and uh, our thoughts for going into next season. Maybe that's the scary part for me, though, is the fact that this offense, look, you, Ole Miss is no guarantee. South Carolina is no guarantee. These are all very winnable games, no doubt about it. But when the offense can't move the ball, um, those are all very losable games. What has to change? Uh, just momentum. Um, getting out early, getting out, getting some positive yards. Um, I know we threw the ball downfield, but like I like to see us doing that as early as possible. I mean, first drive, let's go strike. That used to be the old Texas MO when they had Ricky Williams. It seemed like every game you knew that there was going to be a post, a fade, something going up and trying to get on the board early. So I like to see that. And then uh, maybe more dedication to the run. I like to see maybe, you know, I've said this earlier in the year, some type of power, some type of counter. I don't know if we're getting a, uh, any more of our tight ends back, but put somebody back there in front of our chain and let him uh, – let him have another obstacle to use as you know, as far as blocking, uh, that he can bounce around or set up a block or whatever the case may be. But we definitely need these guys to grow up quickly. Would you have believed three and three six weeks ago? Oh, no, no, because in order for that to happen, we had to have lost one that we shouldn't have we shouldn't have lost, <laughs> which you look at App State and that's that's where it comes from. But uh Three and three definitely wasn't in the cards for me. Um, and, you know, it's the old MO of, you know, all of the haters that we have are going to say, oh, it's A&M, it's eight and four. This is, this is what they do, you know, whatever the case may be. So I hate that we're sitting here looking at this, you know, face to face, but it is what it is. And 
like I say, hopefully these guys can uh, realize there's some alumni that are backing them and fighting the fight at uh, lunch dates and boardroom meetings, having to defend for these guys. So I'm hoping that these guys can realize that and uh, give us something to be proud of the, the second half of the season. Jim, you know what's interesting? Look, three and three sucks, right? The, I'm saying it out loud. Oh, yeah. But it's <laughs> maybe a game worse than would have been believable. I think people would have been disappointed, but, but would have believed four and two that maybe you lost to, to Bama and maybe Arkansas. Or you, you know, I think they would have believed yeah. that, which is why if, and there's a huge if out there, if they figure things out, and I've been saying that now for a month, right? Like, are they going to figure this out? Are they going to figure it out? If they figure it out, you can finish nine and three. You can. Not saying right now it looks likely, but these are winnable. Yeah, I absolutely think they're winnable. I was talking to the coach that I coach with here at Live Oak here in Waco, and uh, I, I have looking at the schedule ahead. I, I I really have no fear of the opponents. Um, Mississippi State, all 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 things being said, they're a good team. Their uh, their defense surprised me. They were a lot more stout than I gave them credit for. Especially, I guess that's just my feeling towards Mike Leach, but they were a tough defense. They they threw a lot of stuff at us. Alabama was another tough defense. I've seen a little bit of Florida. I've seen a little bit of Ole Miss, and these guys are very beatable. Um, I know that if we come out and play the game that we're capable of playing, the game that we played like this Saturday, I have no doubt that we can finish nine and three. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that these guys uh, give themselves some credit and try to get us there just because obviously be better than the eight and four that the haters want to say that we're going to do. But um, I I think it just, like I said, I think it would do a world of good for us in the recruiting, recruiting aspect. And then, uh, like I said, being a springboard into next year, I just see nine and three finish off the year strong, do some good things, throw it downfield and get some of these high level offensive recruits wanting to come and say, Hey, I could see myself playing in this offense. Cause that's the thing when you got uh, an offense that's stagnant and dink and dunk and four or five yard plays, these dynamic players that are in uh high school right now, thinking of these NIL deals and whatnot, they're not licking their chops saying, Hey, I want to go uh, not, hit over 200 yards passing in a game. They want to be high flying. They see the Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphins. They want to be uh, playing in an offense of that nature. So I don't know if we get another offensive coordinator, if Jimbo hands the reins over. I'm not sure what we do, but there needs to be a splash made of some sort. Who has exceeded your expectations this year? Is there somebody you've been like, all right, he's actually done better or quicker than I expected? Um, I am, I'm really pleased with this Moose Muhammad. I knew he was a good player, but now that Anias is down, I've seen him take a step up. He's made some tough catches, whether it be one-handed coming across the middle, uh, returning punts for us. We knew we need somebody to step up in that aspect. So I've been really impressed with him. Um, and then gosh, Donovan Green. Um, I'm a Donovan Green. I like Diggs as well. Okay. Fidel. He's done some every 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 game I watch when he's in the game, I see him making big plays and uh, just making his impact known. Uh he's the guy that I say, who is that? And then now it's now it's stuck in my head, like, okay, that's Diggs making the play. So those two guys have been uh great for me. 
Is there a position group that has underwhelmed you more than others? Um, I mean, it's it's so glaring. It's really the offensive line. Yeah. Um, I just we have. And they're they're good recruits. Um, you can't say that it's the strength strength and conditioning program because we've got some of the best facilities you can ask for. Um, and I don't think it's a heart issue. I'm not sure if it's the coaching aspect um, because you know I, I when I was there I played under or I can't say I played under but I, doing tight end stuff I was so closely affiliated with uh, Jim Turner and he just had a way of making it simple making it to where you can't mess this up. If you just do what I'm telling you to do, it's going to all pan out. So I don't know if it's the coaching aspect, but they definitely got to step up and allow, allow whether it's King or Johnson, to have time to hit these dynamic receivers we have. And then I change as good a runner as you're going to have in uh, college football this year. You got to block it up and give him space to make plays. How about that defensive front? They they went back to what should be their their go to the four man front, and how much of a difference? By the way, Fidel Diggs was able to really shine in that atmosphere. How much better was oh, yeah. that? Oh, it was great to see that. I mean, you're not gonna. I don't know unless you're uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something. You're not going three down linemen and uh, gonna make any effort on Alabama, who's trying to impose their will and run it down your throat. So. I think it was out of necessity that we went back to the four down linemen, but I think in that it showed, hey, we are very capable of this. If you just let us pin our ears back and you put some pressure on these guys, we can go in here and get some sacks and change a game. So I think it was very promising seeing us go back to the four down linemen, and it, it just kind of opens up the blitz and everything that you want to do defensively. So I love seeing it, and I'm sure uh, all the fans out there loved it as well. All right, so what now during the bye week? A couple days off, hopefully, then getting back to work. What what do you expect to happen from a coaching perspective and from a player perspective? Man, this is a time where you uh, you heal up all the bumps and bruises. Uh, you take some time away, whether it's you going back home and uh, maybe going to see your old high school team play, visiting some friends from high school that you hadn't seen in a while or whatever the case may be. You do that and you just get your mind right. Um, as far as the team concept, when they come back next week, or I'm sure this week they're going back to fundamentals, going back to blocking. It's almost like you start over at training camp. You just go back to the stuff that we did early, start blocking it up, seeing what we did wrong, where we're, where we're missing stuff at, and you just kind of build it back up. And hopefully going into South Carolina next week, we're able to just – Put a simple game plan together where everybody can know their job, know their responsibility, and we come out firing on all cylinders, having a week off, and uh, everybody be been having a, a good week, two weeks of rest. All right, so uh, next week we will break down that South Carolina game, but just some initial concerns about what uh, the Gamecocks can do or just, you know, any SEC road game. Um, Shoot, the, the thing for me is uh, just being on the road. Um, we've got, we're a young team and we've got a, you know, against Alabama, we bounce back pretty well and show what we're capable of and, uh, what we fight for, but we've got to show that we can go to somebody else's house and, uh, take the remote, sit on the couch and, you know, just take over. So I'm hoping that we're able to do that. I haven't got to see a lot of South Carolina, um, 
I saw a little bit of the game when they played uh, the little smaller school that's in South Carolina. I forget who it is. I think it's an FBS school. I'm not sure who it was, but they struggled early. Um, and I know that if we get after that quarterback, like we we showed that we could do this past week, we got a good shot on defense. And then O-line play is going to be key for us, imposing our will and running the ball and then getting a good mix of downfield throws. I think we'll be okay. Jamie, I like the kicks in the background. Thanks so much as always, my friend. <laughs> Let's talk soon, all right? All right, sounds good, David. You right. guys have a good day. Good one there. Jamie McCoy, uh, former A&M tight end, NFL pro, you name it, the guy's done it all. All right, uh, we're talking about the Association of Former Students right now. They've been around for a long time, 140 years. Your financial gifts have empowered them to help out Aggies all around the globe. It's what they do, and if they could do it on other planets, they'd do it too because they've got a heart of giving. That's what they've always done. That is what they do. That is their mission out there. And their why is uh, very simple. It's you. You are their why. Uh, Aggies all around the world are the reason that the association is here and the reason that they continue to give, which is why they've created IamTheWhy.com. It's a place that you can understand their mission statement, right, to, to, to give back to Aggies all over the place. But then you get a chance to showcase your story. You can upload your story because it's a place – where Aggies share their unique stories and perspectives of their time at AM and beyond. And it is such a cool place uh, to check out wonderful stories. The website is IamTheWhy.com. Again, that website, IamTheWhy.com. It is the Association of Former Students. All right, it's Sex Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Do want to talk a little bit about David Gardner's Jewelers engagement ring promotion there going on. It's uh, for three days only. Shop their largest selection of engagement rings plus wedding bands. You can explore an extended selection of engagement rings, classic diamond wedding bands, and men's wedding bands. Enjoy a special event pricing. Enter to win $1,000 back on your purchase plus a date to Chapleton Vineyards. It's on them. They'll handle all the details. Take home a David uh, Gardner's gift card with every purchase. Uh, go check them out. It is a wonderful place to go check out davidgardnersjewelers.com. You can find the uh, section for the 2022 engagement ring event out there. All right, we got an open segment. If you guys want to uh, discuss anything we've been talking about on the show, um, you can certainly do that multiple ways on the A&B text line, which we'll get to some of those text messages in a moment. And also you can call us up 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. And uh, what I wanted to talk about here is the midpoint of the season. Not knowing who this team is, but knowing who this team is, right? Because after six games, this is who you are. Yet I feel, and maybe it's wishful thinking, I feel like we don't really know the end story of this team. Are they really going to be a team that, you know, loses a bunch of games that they shouldn't and has a chance to win some games that you would think they would lose after losing some? Is that who they're going to be all year long? Are they basically the 2021 Aggies that found their way after the Alabama game but yet sputtered at the very end? Can they? I, I just don't know because I do feel like there's been this little bit of progress. Unfortunately, when this team sees chaos, it really sees chaos. They almost capitalized on a huge moment, and but the almost is not good enough, and they lost a game that you had a chance. You were two yards away from winning. So at this point of the season, I guess I know who this team is. This is a team that is going to underwhelm you offensively but give you hope at times. But it is a 12-game season and with six games left, very winnable games. They're all very winnable, all very losable. What does that mean? Does that mean that they go 3-3 three and three to finish, just like they started? Does that mean that they 
find their way and you know go and win on the road? Does that mean that quarterback play, uh, maybe out of necessity, you know, gets a change? Does that mean that Connor Wegman takes over the realms at some point and regardless, you reevaluate what is a good season after that point? Because you have to reevaluate what would be good the rest of the way. No matter what, this season fell, uh, will fall short of expectations. No matter what, right? But those expectations do evolve as the year moves on. And what I thought and wanted in August, July, August, whatever, the whole offseason, and where we're we at now, I, w- I would have believed 3-3, three and three, but I would have been like, somebody had to get hurt and it wasn't good. Well, there has been injuries, but the injuries are not the reason this team has struggled. The reasons are the offense hasn't been good enough. And a young team is, continuously makes mistakes. So looking at it from this is our situation and what we, where we go from here, how do you grow from that today and move forward? And that's where we are at the midpoint. Like everybody get a little bit of rest, look in the mirror, and what do you need to do to change? Because they are not the same team. I'm sorry. I think you play that App State, and you can't, but you play that App State game five more times, the Aggies win. They just do. That was the very worst and maybe a necessary worst, um, but that's where they are. And unfortunately, at the midseason point, I know who this team is, but I really don't because I expect to see more. I expect to see more offense. I expect to see more A-chain. I do. I expect to see him having some of those games that uh, we all wanted and expected. But the bottom line is we are still all reevaluating the season and our own expectations. And you, you can be very unhappy where you are now. But where do they go from here? If they did rattle off six straight wins, highly unlikely or whatever you want to say about that, if they did, at the end of the year, how will you look at it? I'll tell you how I'd look at it. Man, if they got to play that App State game again. Now you're talking about a 10-2 and two season, but you didn't again. But look at how they finished in giving me hope for next year. Or if you lose, if you go 3-3, three and three, really, is this who we are? Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom for major changes. I don't think A&M has to hit rock bottom for major changes. I think it's the writing is on the wall. I do. Let's try to get a couple of text messages in there. Kennedy Cavan at the News and Social Center. Okay, so we had one come in earlier this morning, and he said, I say go for the freshman, Connor, now, as it is better for us to go through the pain with him, and he gets the experience, and then next year we know it's him going forward. Well, if Haynes is healthy, he'll go in South Carolina, and that's as far as I'm willing to say. But I do agree that at some point, and maybe as early as South Carolina, maybe as early as it should have been last week. I don't know. But at some point, you got to see what you have with Connor Wigman. And by the way, there may be growing pains there. There may be like, oh, ho, ho, there's the guy that I thought we were getting. That's all fine and dandy. I'm cool with all that. Uh, but you have to, you do need to know what you have in him. And you may have to find out just because you have to find out. Or it may be one of those situations, all right, kid. Here are the keys. We'll see what you can do. But that offensive line, I don't care who's back there, has to be better. Now, a guy like Connor who can you know play off schedule and make plays and is just a gamer might cover up a lot of those mistakes that the O-line has been having. But I'd rather see a little bit more progress from them before we get there. All right, uh, when we come back here on Tech Sags Radio, Morgan Weaver of KBTX will join us. 
get her thoughts on how this uh, midpoint is going and uh, what is expected ahead. Right now, though, I want caller number one. We're going to give you a free car wash from Aggieland Express Car Wash in South College Station off of William D. Fitch in Greens Prairie. They're Aggie-owned and operated with a friendly staff and a personal touch. They offer a monthly membership. But we're giving the first caller a free car wash right now from Aggieland Express in South College Station, 979-693-1150. And also, your car can get so dirty, it gets very scary out there. But this Halloween, it's scary to clean your car. Aggieland Express Car Wash will transform nightly into the Tunnel of Terror, a haunted car wash, Saturday, October 29th through Monday, October 31st, and uh, Sunday at 10 p.m. So for $20, you can get your car wash and get your uh, heart pumping and ghoulish characters lurking all around. It is Aggieland Express Car Wash, 1900 Greens Prairie Road in College Station. And we're back, Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here on the Wallow Insurance Studio. Our friends from KBTX are always here on Tuesdays. Morgan Weaver in the house. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good morning. So you shared some information that I don't know if he's listening, but I'd like to say it out loud because oh, maybe he's listening because you're not going to see him. I know. What did you uh, tell me when you walked in the studio? So uh, I saw you at Schlossel later. Yep. We're from. We're both Maryland kids. And He's from like my parents' hometown. My grandparents still live there. Like all my family's there. And you've yet to tell him. No, I haven't told him. You gotta tell him. <laughs> I know because it just slipped my mind, and I just it never came up. You never get like those one-on-one right. times, and it's never like, "Hi, I'm from Maryland too." Oh, you too. What part? Yeah. Oh, we're from the same yeah. Area. I never had that small talk. But yeah. Well, we we got to make that happen. We will. All right. So we were talking at the break. You yeah. told me. Let's see if I can phrase this correctly. Okay. You wouldn't have been. Su- Don't twist my words. No, no, no. That's, that's why I'm, I'm going to ask. <laughs> okay. You would not have been surprised if you found out in a time portal, somehow they could tell you the Aggies are going to be three and three, but you had it differently, correct? Yes. Obviously, You're not saying you predicted that. You're no, saying you wouldn't be surprised. No, I would have looked at the schedule and been like, okay, which of these games did they lose? Alabama, number one. I thought they were going to lose Alabama. They okay. did lose Alabama. And then uh, Mississippi State and Arkansas, I thought were going to give them trouble. Those were like toss-ups for me. And But in the same breath, if we saw the A&M team that we saw against Alabama, they'd be 5-1. and one. You think so? So you think they I beat think so. Mississippi State? You I think do. they beat? Or at least App put State. up more of a fight against Mississippi State. Yeah. And I obviously think they would have beat App State as well if they played App State the way they played Alabama. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's what I think gives people... And the offense is still atrocious. Like, it's not good. But that's why I think people are like, all right, they have a chance to win a lot of these next they six. They do. They do. But at the same time, I think they can't treat this season as if Alabama was, like, their Super Bowl. Right? And I right. think even last year, they dropped two games after Alabama. They can't. They don't have. You don't have the two more they to don't, drop. They don't have that this year. They dug themselves into a hole in the beginning of the year with App State. And so I think. There's not a lot of room to not win out for them. I think Ole Miss will give them trouble. Um, LSU is always a hard game for them, I think, as well. But I think they have a chance to win out. But those games are yeah. at home. They are. They are. And, at home. and I think so. That's an advantage for A&M. App State was at home too. Yeah, it was at home. But <laughs> those games are at home. All right. So where did you think this team would be better right now? The offense, I think, but we all know that that's been struggling this season. The O-line still is having issues. I mean, I didn't think they were going to put up more than 17 this past weekend, and that those expectations would be higher. But at the same time, you can't utilize those talented players that you have in your wide receiving core in your backfield if you don't have your O-line and quarterback play kind of figured out. So they have to figure that out to be able to get better, I think. So were you encouraged from what you saw from Haynes King? I was. 
I think I don't think he's getting worse. I think there is some progression there. Um, I think I saw Alabama had up to 20 QB hurries. And the fact that he didn't have four turnovers like Alabama did, right. I think that's progress. I think it is. I agree with you. The, the, the thing that I think sticks out for everybody's mind mm-hmm. is that you forced four turnovers yeah. and did not capitalize. I mean, they scored seven. You should win if you score 17 points off four turnovers. And hopefully your offense provides more points. And yeah. not only did they have four turnovers that they created, Bama missed two field goals. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of That's potential. a miracle that they didn't lose. Yeah. It's, um, and, and that's what hurts even more. Which of these freshmen have caught your eye here through six games? Um, obviously, Evan Stewart. I think he kind of came into his own against Alabama. You stall why he's a five-star true freshman mm-hmm. wide receiver. He goes up and grabs the ball. I'm thinking of the catch between, who was it? It was DeMarco Helms and then one other DB. Somebody in the fourth quarter at the end yes. when he skies He up, just yeah. went up and grabbed it, and that's you can't teach that. You can't teach that. It's a scary pass. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do believe there are situations when the game's on the line, you got to somehow find a way to get your playmakers to make a play, and yeah. that's what they did there. Yeah, but at the in the same breath, do I trust him with the last play of the game? Uh, yeah, I think he was hot yeah, through I, that fourth quarter. I didn't love the play. No, I mean, who who, it, who liked it? Nobody liked it. Like, I, I don't see anybody who liked the play, but if it works, it didn't. If it works, then we're like, all, that was great. Right. Great like, play. Well, what a, what a perfect. Play. Except those who hate the play calling anyway. So, all right. So, we, we mentioned, Evan, any other freshmen that have jumped um, out at you? Walter Nolan, mm-hmm. Denver Harris. They looked great as well. I think they're creating havoc as well. Um, who else? That's who's coming to mind okay. at the moment. But I think the standout is Stewart for me. I'll give you another one. How about Donovan Green? Yes. I completely forgot that the creative play, the touchdown. Wasn't that nice? Loved that. Yeah. That was great. I want to see that more. Yeah. And it, the funny thing, it's not that creative, but it feels so creative yeah. in this offense, even though they've used it before. It just, we hadn't seen it this year. No. And the fact that Haynes was able to see that and mm-hmm. kind of redirect was good on his part. So we, we talked about Haynes and his progression. Are mm-hmm. you expecting Connor at some point, though? I think we should. Because I think he needs that experience and those reps. And well, I don't want to say there's nothing to lose because there's still a lot to lose. You have a lot of the season left and you want to do as best as you can. But I think he needs that experience and he needs those reps in SEC play. And I think he can get that this season. I mean, South Carolina could be a good game to see Mm -hmm. him just step in depending on how the game's going and how Haynes is doing as well. Um, I don't think it would hurt to give him that. My thing is... I believe all young players all mm-hmm. grow and struggle and go through these things. Yeah. And do I want to do that next year when this group has already kind of grown together and now they're yeah. taking that step? Yeah. Uh, I'd rather, if we're going to have some pitfalls, let's do it now and still mm-hmm. win some games that I believe are winnable. Yeah. With you know, But again, though, all that is dependent on health of the team and, and the offensive line has to be better. Yeah, because I don't think you want to throw him in with a struggling offensive line that could just be a recipe for disaster for them. So the defense was able to create these turnovers, Mm -hmm. yet they're vulnerable in some spots. I'll let you take the baton from there. Yeah, I think, I know you mentioned a lot of teams are running on A&M and running pretty easily. Alabama put up almost 300 yards on the ground. Mm A&M only put up 70. You can't really do that. Um, But I think they looked a little bit better 
against Alabama, I, I know we all liked seeing the four-man front mm-hmm. and getting those hurries and putting pressure. Um, but they're not defending the run game well. I think they also, as a defense, I remember at the beginning of the season, their goals were just disrupting the ball more. I mean, fumbles are great, but I think they would also like to see more interceptions as well. Yeah, they look, it was great to get those four turnovers yeah. against Bama. That's why you had a chance to win the game at mm-hmm. the very end. Uh, regardless of the offense, but they do have to start getting some interceptions. They got one, but they got yeah. they got to start getting more. Yeah, but in the same breath, I think the defense is one of the more solid parts of this team. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's the biggest worry. No, it isn't. But Mississippi State still comes to mind when, yeah. when it kind of yeah. snowballed that game. Things snowballed, uh, but but things did not. They could have snowballed against yeah. Arkansas and they didn't. They could have snowballed against Alabama and they yeah, didn't. Yeah, I mean Arkansas, KJ Jefferson was tearing them up in the first quarter, but I think they made. I don't know what adjustments they made, but they stopped a bit of that run in the second half. They did. But by the way, Jalen Milrow is fat and he's a dude. He's so good. I think we would be all talking about him a little differently if he didn't have those turnovers. But he's good. And, and he's by the way, good. those turnovers. I mean, of course they're his fault because he was touching the ball. Yeah, but. The defense created those they turnovers. Did. He did. didn't just like, oops, I dropped yeah. the ball. Yeah. They, they got after it. He looked it really there. good. He did I look very Alabama's good. I think Alabama's in a good place with him. Yeah. But what do you think the game would have looked like if Bryce was in? I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I, I mean, would things have been probably better? I, I, I could, yes, of course. He's, a, he's, he's an upgrade yeah. over what they have currently. But the game is played differently then, too. Yeah. Um, they're not, the, where did they gash up the Aggies a lot of times where he was running and um, Gibbs was running yeah and I'm not saying that Gibbs would have not run but Bryce Young is more of a guy who's going to throw from the pocket and I don't trust those receivers where did A&M have success was against that offensive line they were able to put some pressure on there Um, I think they would have maybe gotten to the quarterback a little bit more if that's the defense we're going to get from now on I think that's what we would have seen but defense we should get from now on I don't think there's but maybe those four turnovers still happen and and this is why because they created those turnovers by hits mm-hmm. and putting your, you know, Walter Nolan putting, but again, this is all maybe what if speculation yeah. that we'll, we'll, we'll never know. So what do you want to see? Not that we, we will get to see, mm-hmm. but what would you like for the outcome to be after this bye week and what they do heading into South Carolina? It's kind of a bad time for a bye week, in my opinion. Why is that? Because I think there's no moral victories, but this is still momentum. They played one of their best games, and I think being able to ride that wave would be great. I yes. know they probably need a break. They need to heal some injuries, but also they need to figure out what was working against Alabama that they can translate into the rest of the season. So try to carry that momentum from two weeks prior. I'm glad you said that because that's what I told Olin on the way back is that I I kind of want another game just to mm-hmm. see, is this the A&M team we're going to get yeah. the rest of the way? that was like close to their full potential, I think, and we hadn't seen that yet. And so hopefully they continue. If we see that A&M team the rest of the season, they're in solid shape. Yeah, um, the, the, the Ole Miss game does concern me. And mm-hmm. South Carolina, they all concern me because we're the so, offense. Yeah, and South Carolina just beat Kentucky. Yeah, they did. It was a good game. They did. Um, give us uh, an update on the high school scene. High What's going school, on? Yeah. They're all doing good. Um, I know College Station is ranked three. We have a lot of local teams ranked. I'm just rattling off the ones in my head at the moment. Franklin's still number one in their district. Do they I ever think. lose? No, they're undefeated. Yeah. I love my Franklin Lions. Um, is that your beat? That's kind of my beat. I'm like Franklin Rudder beat. 
Okay. And so I was at, it was funny, I was at the Rudder game this week because Franklin had a bye. Yeah, you were tweeting from it, yeah. Yeah, and then the Franklin, uh, I don't know who runs their social account, but they DM'd me. They're like, don't get used to it. You're coming back to Franklin right. next week. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you guys there. But that Franklin's kind of my beat. Um, Centerville is ranked. I think Burton and Bremond are as well. So a lot of local teams are doing well. How did Consol do this past weekend? I believe they won. Okay. Yeah. I think it was their I homecoming. Think it was. Uh, I think Nicole was there. So okay. That was her thing. All right, so let's map out the remainder of this season. You got yeah. South Carolina, then Ole Miss, mm-hmm. um, and then you know there's some you know LSU. Obviously, the end of the season. You got the UMass game. You got the road game at Auburn. How does it all kind of play out? I think they beat South Carolina, beat Auburn, beat UMass, Ole Miss, and LSU are kind of up in there for me. I think they beat LSU though at home. Okay, so you see a minimum of three more wins, mm-hmm. potentially four. Yeah. Um, the Ole Miss game, depending on what we see at mm-hmm. South Carolina, yeah, will help me gauge. They need to come out just as they came out against Alabama against South Carolina. Coming out of that bye week, I don't think they have any excuses, but they come out strong. Injuries yeah. should be healed. They should be good to go. Yeah. it's um, is, is it fun covering them? It is fun. Yeah? Yeah. You, you do a show on Saturday nights. I do. It's called Saturday Extra Coverage. And it's a lot of fun. It's the last 15 minutes of our 10 p.m. newscast. So we kind of, our whole A block, uh, for those who don't know TV, it's just the first first thing. It's the first block before the break. And it's all A&M. We go through the highlights. We usually get sound from the post game. We go through some of the stats. And then the rest of the show is big SEC games. We do cover a little bit of the Big 12. And obviously, if Sam is home, we head to Sam Houston and cover that a bit as well. We also throw in... uh, Prairie View and blend scores a lot of the time. So how did it work on Saturday night being a CBS game? Yeah, did we didn't we didn't go back? on until after the game ended. But we had, uh, I think we just ate the breaks and the whatever the program after us was, it didn't matter if we went over or not. Okay. So we just took our time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we went on after the game. So we were all there late. When did you finish? Probably like 11-ish. Oh, it wasn't too no, bad. No, it wasn't that bad at all. Oh, okay. So yeah. it, was, it started pretty yeah. close after the game. Yeah. It's worse when you go on late and there's kind of like no reason. But we were all watching A&M and we're like, it, You're invested it was fine. In I was game. invested. I was like, we can use the time too because Tyler Shaw was at the game like frantically sending back the highlights for the show. So it was okay. So you guys use your highlights. We use our highlights. Not the CBS. So, yes. Ones, yeah. No, we don't. So, But if Tyler is unable to or whoever is unable to get back some of those second half highlights, then we record on TV as well. And, we and you have them. those ready to roll. Just yeah, we we lay those down in case they can't get it back. But Tyler's good at his job. So TV talk here. TV uh, talk. TV talk. <laughs> hey, uh, Morgan, great work. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. When we come back, we'll get to those text messages on the news and uh, social center there with Kennedy Cavan, all that and more is Tex-Ax Radio. Because people do it to me, I'm going to do it to Kennedy Cavan. Who's this singing? Um... My dad's going to be mad at me for not knowing this. Yeah. I mean, I've heard this song a million times, but I do not know who sings it. Are you familiar with Thomas Petty? Yeah. All right. You said that like I should have known. I should have known that. I should have known that. It is Texags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Appreciate that Morgan coming by from KBTX and giving us her thoughts on what she has seen here from uh, the Aggies six games in. Let's go back to Kennedy Cabin. I know we got some text messages. Some are questions. Some are excitement levels. So, Kennedy, you pick one that you think makes the most sense there on the A&B text line. So one that I've been looking at says, if we install a new system this offseason, do we spend the first half of next season explaining losses away because the system is new? 
Well, if you're talking about the show itself, maybe, I don't know, like, I, look, giving reasons for why things happen doesn't mean, yay, it's okay. You, you, like, th I don't know how things are going to play out. If they make the right hire and things are work right away, great. If they don't, there'll be criticism. That's just kind of how it works. Uh, look, I know that the team is five years in, but I do remember... Three months ago, everybody, not everybody, most people who listen to this show thought this team would be better than they are. It, it, it's been a, a colossus, what's the word I want to use here? It's been a disaster, right? Three and three is a disaster. This is not the worst it could be, but it's pretty close. But, you know, do we give potential reasons? why? Does it, giving potential reasons doesn't mean you're okay with it, for the record, right? I, I am not in a position I'm in a position of giving information and analysis and but I'm not in a position of making changes like you know I, I can't hire who I want as offensive coordinator I can't make certain teams do what I want I can just tell you this is the situation this is how I see it this is what needs to happen and I believed the offense would be better this year I was wrong I believed it I also believe the offensive line would be better I was wrong I thought A-Chain would be great. I was right. Everybody thought that. Points for David. I thought that Haynes King would be significantly better than what we had last year with Zach Calzada. Hasn't really been the case. Even Max Johnson, who's shown success, that offense still wasn't moving. So yeah, something has to change. When we're talking about two seasons worth of not scoring a lot of points in any games, yeah, that has to change. I can tell you why I think things are going a certain direction. It does not mean that I'm happy or okay with it. But this is where they are. And I believe that the guy that they hired will go to the drawing board and figure it out. And if they don't, then we complain more. Like, it's just, it's a conversation, it's analysis, it's a breakdown. Nobody's okay with where they are. Those players aren't okay with it. That coaching staff's not okay with it. They just got to figure out what they got to do. And hopefully not lose guys in the process. It's not an easy thing. Hopefully they make it easy. They simplify it. Whatever, I don't know what the word is. Simplify, make it faster. Whatever it needs to do to be better, do that. Whatever the better is, do the better thing. I like better. Better's awesome. I'm using my hands a lot today. Those of you watching on YouTube, thank you so much. I know you want to keep it on YouTube for three hours, but we got a website that really is how we pay the bills. Go check it out. TechSacks.com. Become a premium subscriber. Watch the entire three hours. Uh, thank you to The Zone. They watch oh, They listen to us all day. KBTX, what's up? Thank you very much for that. All right. That's going to do it for hour number two. When we come back here on TechSacks Radio, Jordan Pugh, he was on fire. He and Brandon Leone on Saturday night. We'll see how a couple of nights of sleep uh, due to his opinions about this program, where it's going. That and more. It is TechSacks Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.